0: Story eight of The Man Without a Country and Other Tales by Edward Everett Hale. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story eight My Double and How He Undid Me. One of the Ingham Papers. Part two. Oh, Polly died of laughing as she told me of it at midnight and even here where i have to teach my hands to hew the beach for stakes to fence our cave she dies of laughing as she recalls it and says that single occasion was worth all we have paid for it gallant eve that she is she joined dennis at the library door and in an instant presented him to dr ocherlani from baltimore who was on a visit in town and was talking with her as dennis came in Mr. Ingham would like to hear what you were telling us about your success among the German population. And Dennis bowed and said, in spite of a scowl from Polly, I'm very glad you liked it. But Dr. ocherloney did not observe and plunged into the tide of explanation. Dennis listened like a prime minister and bowing like a mandarin, which is, I suppose, the same thing polly declared it was just like halliburton's latin conversation with the hungarian minister of which he is very fond of telling quenies sent historia reformatione in hungaria quoth halliburton after some thought and his confrere replied gallantly in secula decimo terzio and so on and so on and from decimo tertio sixteen to the nineteenth century and a half lasted till the oysters came so was it that before dr ocherloney came to the success or near it governor gorges came to dennis and asked him to hand mrs Jeffreys down to supper a request which he heard with great joy polly was skipping round the room i guess gay as a lark alcmety came to her in pity for poor ingham who was so bored by the stupid pundit and Alcmety could not understand why I stood it so long. But when Dennis took Mrs. Jeffreys down, Polly could not resist standing near them. He was a little flustered, till the sight of the eatables and drinkables gave him the same mercy and courage which it gave Diggory. A little excited, then, he attempted one or two of his speeches to the judge's lady but little he knew how hard it was to get in even a prompt to there edgewise very well i thank you said he after the eating elements were adjusted and you and then did not he have to hear about the mumps and the measles and arnica and belladonna and chamomile flower and dodeca catherion till she changed oysters for salad and then about the old practice and the new and what her sister said and what her sister's friend said and what the physician to her sister's friend said and then what was said by the brother of the sister of the physician of the friend of her sister exactly as if it had been in ollendorf there was a moment's pause as she declined champagne i am very glad you liked it said dennis again which he never should have said but to one who complimented a sermon oh you are so sharp mr ingham no i never drink any wine at all except sometimes in summer a little currant shrub. from our own currants you know my own mother that is i call her my own mother because you know i do not remember and so on and so on till they came to the candied orange at the end of the feast when dennis rather confused thought he must say something and tried number four i agree in general with my friend the other side of the room which he never should have said but at a public meeting but mrs jeffreys who never listens expecting to understand caught him up instantly with well i'm sure my husband returns the compliment he always agrees with you though we do worship with the methodists but you know mr ingham and so on and so on and so on till the move upstairs and as dennis led her through the hall he was scarcely understood by any but polly as he said there has been so much said and on the whole so well said that i will not occupy the time his great resource the rest of the evening Was standing in the library, carrying on animated conversations with one and another in much the same way. Polly had initiated him in the mysteries of a discovery of mine that it is not necessary to finish your sentences in a crowd, but by a sort of mumble, omitting sibilants and dentals. This, indeed, if your words fail you, answers even in public extempore speech, but better where other talking is going on. Thus, we missed you at the Natural History Society, Ingham Ingham replies, "I am very gli gl- 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 that is that you were by gradually dropping the voice, the interlocutor is compelled to supply the answer, Mrs. Ingham, I hope your friend Augusta is better. Augusta has not been ill. Polly cannot think of explaining, however, and answers thank you ma'am she is very in lower and lower tones and mrs throckmorton who forgot the subject of which she spoke as soon as she asked the question is quite satisfied dennis could see into the card-room and came to polly to ask if he might not go and play all fours but of course she sternly refused at midnight they came home delighted Polly, as I said, wild to tell me the story of the victory, only both the pretty Walton girls said, "'Cousin Frederick, you did not come near me all the evening.'" We always called him Dennis at home, for convenience, though his real name was Frederick Ingham, as I have explained. When the election day came round, however, I found that by some accident there was only one Frederick Ingham's name on the voting list and as I was quite busy that day in writing some foreign letters to Hall, I thought I would forego my privilege of suffrage and stay quietly at home, telling Dennis that he might use the record on the voting list and vote. I gave him a ticket which I told him he might use if he liked to. That was that very sharp election in Maine, which the readers of the Atlantic so well remember— and it had been intimated in public that the ministers would do well not to appear at the polls. Of course, after that, we had to appear, by self or proxy. Still, Naguadovic was not then a city, and this standing in a double queue at town meeting several hours to vote was a bore of the first water. And so, when I found that there was but one Frederick Ingham on the list, and that one of us must give up, I stayed at home and finished the letters, which indeed procured for Fothergill his coveted appointment of professor of astronomy at Leavenworth, and I gave Dennis, as we called him, the chance. Something in the matter gave a good deal of popularity to the Frederick Ingham name, and at the adjourned election next week Frederick Ingham was chosen to the legislature. Whether this was I or Dennis, I never really knew. My friends seemed to think it was I, but I felt that, as Dennis had done the popular thing, he was entitled to the honor. So I sent him to Augusta when the time came, and he took the oaths. And a very valuable member he made. They appointed him on the Committee on Parishes, but I wrote a letter for him resigning on the ground that he took an interest in our claim to the stumpage in the minister's sixteenth of gore a next number seven in the tenth range he never made any speeches and always voted with the minority which was what he was sent to do he made me and himself a great many good friends some of whom i did not afterwards recognize as quickly as dennis did my parishioners on one or two occasions when there was wood to saw at home i kept him at home but i took those occasions to go to augusta myself finding myself often in his vacant seat at these times i watched the proceedings with a good deal of care and once was so much excited that i delivered my somewhat celebrated speech on the central school district question a speech of which the state of maine printed some extra copies i believe there is no formal rule permitting strangers to speak but no one objected dennis himself as i said never spoke at all but our experience this session led me to think that if by some such general understanding as the reports speak of in legislation daily every member of congress might leave a double to sit through those deadly sessions and answer to roll-calls and do the legitimate party voting which appears stereotyped in the regular list of ash bocock black and so forth we should gain decidedly in working power as things stand the saddest state prison i ever visit is that representative's chamber in washington if a man leaves for an hour twenty correspondents may be howling where was mr pendergrast when the oregon bill passed and if poor pendergrast stays there certainly the worst use you can make of a man is to put him in prison I know indeed that public men of the highest rank have resorted to this expedient long ago. Dumas' novel of The Iron Mask turns on the brutal imprisonment of Louis the Fourteenth's double. There seems little doubt in our own history that it was the real General Pierce who shed tears when the delegate from Lawrence explained to him the sufferings of the people there and only general pierce's double who had given the orders for the assault on that town which was invaded the next day my charming friend george withers has i am almost sure a double who preaches his afternoon sermons for him this is the reason that the theology often varies so from that of the forenoon but that double is almost as charming as the original some of the most well-defined men who stand out most prominently on the background of history are in this way stereoscopic men who owe their distinct relief to the slight differences between the doubles all this i know my present suggestion is simply the great extension of the system so that all public machine work may be done by it but i see i loiter in my story which is rushing to the plunge let me stop an instant more however to recall were it only to myself that charming year while all was yet well after the double had become a matter of course for nearly twelve months before he undid me what a year it was full of active life full of happy love of the hardest work of the sweetest sleep and the fulfilment of so many of the fresh aspirations and dreams of boyhood Dennis went to every school committee meeting and sat through all those late wranglings which used to keep me up until midnight and awake till morning he attended all the lectures to which foreign exiles sent me tickets begging me to come for the love of heaven and of bohemia he accepted and used all the tickets for charity concerts which were sent to me he appeared everywhere where it was specially desirable that our denomination or our party or our class or our family or our street or our town or our country or our state should be fully represented and i fell back to that charming life which in boyhood one dreams of when he supposes he shall do his own duty and make his own sacrifices without being tied up with those of other people. My rusty Sanskrit, Arabic, Hebrew, Greek, Latin, French, Italian, Spanish, German, and English began to take polish. Heavens, how little I had done with them while I attended to my public duties! my calls on my parishioners became the friendly frequent homelike sociabilities they were meant to be instead of the hard work of a man goaded to desperation by the sight of his lists of arrears and preaching what a luxury preaching was when i had on sunday the whole result of an individual personal week from which to speak to a people whom all that week I had been meeting as hand-to-hand friend. I never tired on Sunday, and in condition to leave the sermon at home, if I chose, and preach it extempore, as all men should do always. Indeed, I wonder, when I think, that a sensible people like ours really more attached to their clergy than they were in the lost days when the Mathers and the Nortons were noblemen, should choose to neutralize so much of their ministers' lives, and destroy so much of their early training by this undefined passion for seeing them in public. It springs from our balancing of sex. If a spirited Episcopalian takes an interest in the alms-house and is put on the poor-board, every other denomination must have a minister there lest the poorhouse be changed into st paul's cathedral if a sandemanian is chosen president of the young men's library there must be a methodist vice-president and a baptist secretary and if a universalist sunday-school convention collects five hundred delegates the next congregationalist sabbath-school conference must be as large lest they whoever they may be should think we whoever we may be are going down freed from these necessities that happy year i began to know my wife by sight we saw each other sometimes in those long mornings when dennis was in the study explaining to map peddlers that i had eleven maps of jerusalem already and to schoolbook agents, that I would see them hanged before I would be bribed to introduce their textbooks into the schools, she and I were at work together as in those old dreamy days, and in these of our log cabin again. But all this could not last, and at length poor Dennis, my double, overtasked in turn, undid me. It was thus it happened. There is an excellent fellow, once a minister, I will call him Isaacs, who deserves well of the world till he dies, and after, because he once, in a real exigency, did the right thing, in the right way, at the right time, as no other man could do it. In the world's great football match, the ball by chance found him loitering on the outside of the field. He closed with it, camped it, charged it home yes, right through the other side, not disturbed, not frightened by his own success, and breathless found himself a great man, as the great Delta rang applause. But he did not find himself a rich man, and the football has never come in his way again. From that moment to this moment he has been of no use that one can see it all. Still, for that great act, We speak of Isaacs gratefully and remember him kindly, and he forges on, hoping to meet the football somewhere again. In that vague hope he had arranged a movement for a general organization of the human family into debating clubs, county societies, state unions, and so on and so on, with a view of inducing all children to take hold of the handles of their knives and forks instead of the metal. Children have bad habits in that way. The movement, of course, was absurd, but we all did our best to forward not it but him. It came time for the annual county meeting on this subject to be held at Naguadovic. Isaacs came round, good fellow, to arrange for it, got the town hall, got the governor to preside. The saint, he ought to have triplet doublets provided him by law and then came to get me to speak no i said i would not speak if ten governors presided i do not believe in the enterprise if i spoke it would be to say children should take hold of the prongs of the forks and the blades of the knives i would subscribe ten dollars but i would not speak a mill so poor isaacs went his way sadly to coax Alcmety to speak and Delafield. I went out. Not long after he came back and told Polly that they had promised to speak, the governor would speak, and he himself would close with the quarterly report and some interesting anecdotes regarding Miss Biffin's way of handling her knife and Mr. Nellis's way of footing his fork. Now, if Mr. Ingham will only come and sit on the platform, he need not say a word, but it will show well in the paper. It will show that the Sandemanians take as much interest in the movement as the Armenians or the Mesopotamians, and will be a great favor to me. Polly, good soul, was tempted, and she promised. She knew Mrs. Isaacs was starving and the babies. She knew Dennis was at home, and she promised night came, and I returned. I heard her story. I was sorry. I doubted. But Polly had promised to beg me, and I dared all. I told Dennis to hold his peace under all circumstances, and sent him down. It was not half an hour before he returned, wild with excitement, in a perfect Irish fury which it was long before I understood. But I knew at once that he had undone me. What happened was this: The audience got together, attracted by Governor Gorges's name. There were a thousand people. Poor Gorgias was late from Augusta. They became impatient. He came in direct from the train at last, really ignorant of the object of the meeting. He opened it in the fewest possible words and said other gentlemen were present who would entertain them better than he. The audience were disappointed, but waited. The governor, prompted by Isaacs, said, The Honorable Mr. Delafield will address you. Delafield had forgotten the knives and forks and was playing the Ruy Lopez opening at the chess club. The Reverend Mr. Alcmaty will address you. Alcmaty had promised to speak late and was at the school committee. I see Dr. Stearns in the hall. Perhaps he will say a word. Dr. Stearns said he had come to listen and not to speak. The governor and Isaacs whispered. The governor looked at Dennis, who was resplendent on the platform, but Isaacs, to give him his due, shook his head. But the look was enough. A miserable lad, ill-bred, who had once been in Boston, thought it would sound well to call for me, and peeped out, Angham! a few more wretches cried, Ingham, Ingham. Still Isaacs was firm, but the governor, anxious indeed to prevent a row, knew I would say something, and said, Our friend Mr. Ingham is always prepared, and though we had not relied upon him, he will say a word, perhaps. Applause followed, which turned Dennis's head. He rose, fluttered, and tried number three, There has been so much said, and on the whole so well said, that I will not longer occupy the time, and sat down, looking for his hat, for things seemed squally. But the people cried, Go on, go on, and some applauded. Dennis, still confused, but flattered by the applause, to which neither he nor I are used, rose again, and this time tried number two. I am very glad you liked it, in a sonorous, clear delivery. My best friends stared. All the people who did not know me personally yelled with delight at the aspect of the evening. The governor was beside himself, and poor Isaacs thought he was undone. Alas, it was I! A boy in the gallery cried in a loud tone, It's all an infernal humbug! Just as Dennis, waving his hand, commanded silence and tried number four. I agree in general with my friend the other side of the room. The poor governor doubted his senses and crossed to stop him. Not in time, however. The same gallery boy shouted, How's your mother? And Dennis, now completely lost, tried as his last shot number one vainly very well thank you and you i think i must have been undone already but dennis like another lockhart chose to make sicker the audience rose in a whirl of amazement rage and sorrow some other impertinence aimed at dennis broke all restraint and in pure irish he delivered himself of an address to the gallery inviting any person who wished to fight to come down and do so stating that they were all dogs and cowards and the sons of dogs and cowards that he would take any five of them single-handed sure i've said all his reverence and the mistress bade me say cried he in defiance and seizing the governor's cane from his hand brandished it, quarter-staff fashion, above his head. He was, indeed, got from the hall only with the greatest difficulty by the governor, the city marshal who had been called in, and the superintendent of my Sunday school. The universal impression, of course, was that the Reverend Frederick Ingham had lost all command of himself in some of those haunts of intoxication which for fifteen years I had been laboring to destroy till this moment indeed that is the impression in the Guadavic. this number of the atlantic will relieve from it a hundred friends of mine who have been sadly wounded by that notion now for years but i shall not be likely ever to show my head there again no my double has undone me we left town at seven the next morning came to number nine in the third range and settled on the minister's lot in the new towns in maine the first settled minister has a gift of a hundred acres of land i am the first settled minister in number nine my wife and little paulina are my parish we raise corn enough to live on in summer we kill bears meat enough to carbonize it in winter I work on steadily on my Traces of Sandemanianism in the Sixth and Seventh Centuries, which I hope to persuade Phillips, Sampson, and Company to publish next year. We are very happy, but the world thinks we are undone. End of story eight, part two.